how to be prepared, how to be positive, and how to be patient. I always believe when you put that positive energy out there, waiting is the hardest part, right? Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. Oh, we're in for a great treat today. We have a guest on the Career Transition Experts named Renee Hauck, and it's spelled H-A-U-C-H but it's pronounced Hauk. And Renee, who started in a career of sales and marketing, is now the retained search professional for the last 25 years working in media and entertainment. This is an area that I personally understand from my own background and has also worked with private equity-backed tech companies, which also relates to some of my more recent background. Recruiting is Renee's passion. She enjoys finding the right candidate for each search. It's like putting a puzzle piece together. So that's a third point we have in common. Uh, my sweetheart and I love make doing puzzles. Uh, we do jigsaw puzzles on our iPad. Anyway, welcome to our program, Renee. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. You are very happy to have you. So before we get into back and forth interview, let's begin with the end in mind. What would a listener walk away with if they listen to this episode? I think what I'd like people to walk away with is to have some better skills in terms of their interviewing. And I like to call it kind of the three P's, how to be prepared, how to be positive, and how to be patient, and utilizing all those skills to really help you interview better and hopefully land that dream job. Okay, fantastic. So I have an assessment I invite people to take called the Career TPS We ask about the 11 stages of a career transition process. And three of those questions are focused on interviewing. I mean, that really is where the rubber hits the road. So I love that you're going to address this with three specific target suggestions. What are the three Ps? Let's focus on each of those on how to ace your interviews. Well, I think the preparation is my favorite one. And I think that sounds so simple, right? Everybody always thinks, oh, you know, I'm prepared. I know what I'm doing. But I think now it's gone much further, much deeper than what we used to do. Like I think back to when I first started interviewing, you know, back in the early days, you know, you definitely want to know about the company, right? I mean, I think that goes without saying you want to read about what they're doing. But I also think you need to really a couple things. The cultural piece is so important right now in a company because what works in one company is different than another. And so many companies like Netflix and other places, they list their culture, their mission, their values on their website. But a lot of times people don't look at that. So I think Mm -hmm. you really need to look at what the company wants, because when you're interviewing, you want to align that. You know, if they talk about being collaborative, being innovative, whatever it is, you want to be able to to talk about that during your interview. And I also think LinkedIn, as you know, we've talked about, too, is a huge resource. So look at the employees that are there. See if you know anyone who knows someone there, works directly there. Talk to them. Or look at what the backgrounds look like of people in your department or other departments and just get a sense of the type of backgrounds for people they hire, where they come from, and try and talk to people if you can who know mm. someone there because you can get some really good tips that way too. Mm. Yeah, really great. Beyond just what most people do is either not prepare or just 
glance and look at what a business does. You're really suggesting they look at mission, vision, and values, core values to understand who they are and to then even a third level, talk to people to really get a deeper feeling and understanding and a connection to culture. Yes. Yeah, great. Because it really is. And you think about it, so many people are interviewing. I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it. I talk to a lot of people, a lot of my friends who are internal recruiters in the companies, they have so many people that are reaching out for jobs. And it's, you know, you at first you got to get that interview, right? And that's a lot about networking. But once you get it, you got to make the most use of that time. And so yeah. really, and it has to also be genuine. You know, I think it's something mm. too, people can over-prepare. Like I've seen people take a job spec and say, oh, I've matched every single thing on this job spec that they want. And I'm going to talk that way during the interview. And that just doesn't feel, you know, it, it's great mm. that you want to show you have the experience, but it almost feels too robotic, you know? So I think you want to you want to get that and weave that in there, but not make it seem like, it's a like a doctor's check, a COVID checklist. You know, you're mm. checking off the symptoms or the things you have. And I think that just that can work against you too. So I think there's, you know, I know you're gonna ask about a lot of the, the good things and the bad things, but there's, you know, there's certain ways where you can over-prepare too and then come across like you're not really genuine as well. Yeah, but what you're saying really underscores your first, I won't call it a point, but philosophy right. about the first P of preparation has to go beyond what the company does or even what the job is but who they are as people there. Once you have an interview, correct me if I'm wrong as a recruiter, if someone has an interview, it's because they are qualified. Right. So exactly. you're not just looking that you will get questions about your experience and qualifications, but usually at that point, as I tell my, my clients, they're subconsciously asking them the question, can I live with you? <laughs> Will you fit in our family of, of culture? So that's great. Uh, your preparation suggestions and the spirit of your philosophy really uh, make a lot of sense. Yeah, but you're right. Like a lot of people will say, can I go out with this person? They don't have to be my best friend, right? But, you know, can I, if I had someone once that was on a plane with someone that was interviewing with them and it was just a nightmare because the person just ended up sitting next to this hiring manager and they were like, oh my gosh, I may, I'm glad this happened because I didn't hire this person because they drove me nuts, you know, right. on a quick flight too. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can't handle two and a half or five and a half hours, right. or good luck with You're the out. first five weeks. <laughs> good luck for anywhere near five months, nevertheless, uh, three to five years. Okay, what's the next P? Yeah. So the next piece, you know, is a kind of what I talked about, you know, positivity. And I think that goes a couple of ways. The first, and this is also kind of a, you know, what not to do as well. I think when you get into an interview, you know, a lot of people right now, it's a, even though it's a great hiring marketplace, there's a lot going on. There's times where you're not getting a job and you're getting frustrated. You might not get that interview. So part of it is just having that positive attitude. You know, when someone says to you how your job search is going, you don't want to lie and say it's great. But also you don't want to be like, oh, it's awful. I'm not getting any jobs. You know, I think there's always ways where you can say, look, I've been interviewing. I've had some good ones. You know, I I didn't get this job or that, but, you know, it's all good. I'm learning from it. But the biggest thing, Jonathan, and this is a downfall I've seen people do, is not to speak negatively about a former company. I cannot tell you how many times, even when I've counseled people not to do it, that they've gone in and said, I got laid off or reorged and it was awful because then the hiring manager and or recruiters see that if you leave my company, you're going to speak negatively about us. Again, you can be honest about the situation and say, 
I was disappointed, you know, that I was let go, but you just have to have, like, I always believe when you put that positive energy out there, that it really, it works for you. And I think when you are negative, that can work against you. Cause I have seen people be very negative in jobs. Client was so excited to hire them, but that, that just gave them pause and they, and they lost out on it because of that, you know, attitude. Yeah. It's really key uh, in an interview. If a person is considering whether or not to uh, have you as part of their life, their business, their work every day, and the first impression involves negativity or even neutrality rather than a positive mental attitude, then some other candidate might, you know, compete with a better, more enjoyable uh, vibe. I tell people that similarly, but telling people to be positive is uh, accessible, I find, by having people first get a context, a point of view about their situation. Yes. So if you're if you're listening, folks, and you've had a bit of a roller coaster, some ups and downs in your job search, and that's been daunting, well, think about it. Just start thinking about it another way. Adventures usually have challenges. You could ask answer the question, how's your job search going by saying, wow, it's been an amazing adventure. I've had some ups and downs. There's been some crazy bumps in the road, but more, more and more I'm discovering where it's leading. And you can always look to the future rather than the past to create a positive mental attitude about the search itself. And you must, must, must talk to your recruiter like Renee or a coach like me if you've had a bad experience and you need to redefine how to answer that question quickly, right? Here's what happened. The company restructured and reorganized and the people that were taking it in a direction didn't feel I was going in that direction with them. So here we are. Let's talk about the future. It's right. really that simple. Well, I think that's a good point too. And it's funny that you mentioned like talking to us because I do think I tell people sometimes it's like, you know, doctor patient privilege. You can talk to me about it. I'll help you. And I actually had one person really not do well in an interview and it was very disappointing. And I really gave them the advice. And I said, look, this is the second time you've gone through something where you, you just haven't, you know, you're so great at what you do, but you let the negative experiences come through. And I said, I'd love to just, introduce you to a coach and he hung up on me and then <laughs> then then a little later he called me back because he, he realized I was like look I don't have I'm not a coach you know I you know I like to help people but I'm not an official coach I'm a recruiter which you know has a part of coaching to it but I said he realized I said I have nothing I'm not gaining anything from this I'm just trying to help you because I like you as a person. And when he realized you know he called me back and said I'm really sorry I didn't want to hear what you had to say to me. He got a coach, got not, and it wasn't through me. You know, I, I referred him to some people. He did better. He got another job and it was doing really well, but he called me just to say, thank you. You know, I know that that was something I didn't want to hear, but again, it wasn't like, you know, I think people take things personally sometimes, you know, throw another P in there, right? Yeah. People take things so personally. And I think sometimes it's hard to step out of that. But like you said, there's always ways where you can look to the future and how you can take those not so great experiences, right? And then parlay them into that next experience. So I do think it, it really, I think people, again, underestimate the, mm. the back to the preparing, but also just that power of positive thinking. It really, yeah. it can yeah. make or break it. You know, it really yeah. can. Yeah, really, really good. You know, at the risk of sounding a little self-promotional on the subject of coaching, if someone thinks you need help, they're going to say something rude, like you need help. <laughs> if someone says you need a coach or you ought to should consider a coach, Consider where our profession got its name from, sports, okay? Yeah. Gold medalists have coaches. If someone says you ought to have a coach, 
Take yeah. a look at Eric Schmidt's answer, the CEO of Google from the early part of this uh, millennium. He says, I got a coach because someone thought I was a champion, a high-level executive, and interested in high performance. High performance is <laughs> people interested in high performance and winning have coaches to help them navigate where their strengths and weakness can be adjusted. So, Renee, it's great that he at first reacted like maybe he thought you were saying you need help and then turned around <laughs> right. and appreciated that you were being supportive. I will also remind listeners, recruiters almost always are either retained or on contingent uh, relationships with employers. They do not work for candidates. And all of the uh, recruiters we interview, we've also surveyed them. What's important to them? Making money and making placements, saving time and having work-life balance, and making a difference for candidates, being right. able to help people in their careers. All of them rate that third one as either top or second more, most important. They really, yeah. uh, you know, it's really important to underscore, Renee, that you do care. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on this uh, podcast. Well, right. And I'll tell you one time, too, Jonathan, it was funny. Earlier, my my old boss, you know, I spent 20 years at a company, Carlson Resources, and then I joined JM Search recently. But Ann Carlson was always really great in doing all these surveys. What did we do well? What didn't we do well? And you really learn from that. And earlier, you know, in my earlier part of my career, one of my clients actually said to me, Renee was great. But I felt sometimes she cared too much about the candidates because I would get very passionate thinking, you've got to see this person. They're right. And the client was mm. like, Renee, I don't want them. And I had to learn how to balance that because I really do care about my clients, but I also care so much about my candidates. And I realized I have to sometimes right balance that with the clients who felt like, OK, she cares more about them than me and we're paying the bills. But I still right. do really care. But you got to balance that, too. I see that. And I think it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But it's just a question of adjusting time. And it's great. You have a network of coaches to refer to when you yes, want to make absolutely. That, when you want to make that difference for a candidate, but not by your expertise, but a coach's expertise. Right. Super great. It's a combination, really. Let's let's go back to that combination of insights you have and your coaching on the third P of interviewing. Yeah. And that's the patience. I was on a I, I did a seminar like I guess like two years ago, and one of my fellow panelists uh, quoted Tom Petty to say waiting is the hardest part, right? And so oh. right, I like that. But I think that is so true. You know, right now, even though searches are moving quicker and faster and everybody's trying to do things. It's something where that patience is really crucial. And I think you have to, you know, once you interview, it takes time to get feedback. You know, people want it right away. And if you are a little too aggressive about it, you know, and trying to follow up with a client, again, that can work against you. So I think it's something where you got to really be patient about things. Do your follow up, you know, when after you you interview um, and all of that. And sometimes even before you interview, when you might send a note or do something like that, you know, don't right away like the next day go, oh, I'm going to, you know, try and get somebody else. So I think you have to have a little bit of patience there, you know, in that approach, but try back to what I said too, the networking piece is really important. So let's say, you know, someone applies to a job and then they find out, oh, Jonathan knows somebody there that maybe you can put in a good word, you know, and do it that way. So it's not just like somebody constantly trying to follow up, but it's hard. It's hard for me. You know, I will pitch business and I'll have clients not get, I'm still waiting for a pitch I had two weeks ago to get feedback if we got it or not. I followed up what week, you know, the day after to do a thank you. I followed up last week. They said, we'll be in touch this week, but I have to balance that too and not be too impatient, but it's hard because everybody wants instant results. And I think we're also used to that. So I think you just have to take a step yeah. back and wait a little bit too. 
It's wonderful that you, you quote Tom Petty. The waiting is the hardest part. Every day gets harder and harder. The waiting is the hardest part. Well, I don't really do that usually. First time I've done that on a podcast. Yeah, so we tell clients, first of all, to replace the word hard with it's going to take something. Hmm. We also tell candidates, you're going to hear these words. We'll let you know by the end of next week. Most frequently uttered lie in corporate America. I do work with these very professional companies, right? Major entertainment media conglomerates and communication experts. Why do they have such a hard time with time management? It's hard to say. We, it takes something to figure out. But really what it boils down to is a hiring process is really complicated and risky. So being patient, as you suggest, is key and feeding those relationships in an appropriate way rather than just saying, hey, just checking in what you got for me, you know, continuing to find appropriate ways to feed and nurture those relationships so that when they say, OK, who's the one, your candidates, the one, Renee, and our listener gets to be the one by by being patient and appropriate in follow up. And, you know, you bring up a good point. I know one of the things you talked about, too, is how to maintain relationships. And I think that's sort of a, a nice segue there, too, because the thing that I always sort of look at, just like with the hiring process or just talking to people in general, is to have a reason to reach out. And it's something like you said, like if you interviewed for a job and then you see, oh, my gosh, they launched a new product or someone just did a TED talk or I saw someone speak at a seminar. Like, I always think that's a very natural, organic way to say, you know, I really enjoyed. I know this process takes time, but I noticed this. It got me more excited about the company. I hope we can keep in touch. And I always think that, again, gives a reason. It's not just like, you know, not that you're bugging people, but it's not just like you're reaching out for no reason. But it just gives you something that shows also you're paying attention to what they're doing too. And you mm. care about that company, which goes back to the values, the mission, you know, the culture as well. The full circle of the three Ps, Renee. Well done. <laughs> okay. So I don't, you know, and by the way, to uh, any uh, Tom Petty fans, I apologize for the, uh, my voice isn't warmed up and I semi-intentionally botched the lyrics for the sake of we got the cover two points patience and and how things could be hard Renee I'm just curious about you personally is uh, Tom Petty a favorite or do you have any other favorite musicians bands or composers I love yeah Tom Petty's definitely one that I love but it's funny when you 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 talked about that I um I'm an 80s girl so I like a lot of 80s kind of pop and a lot of 80s alternatives. So I'm a lot of a lot of like the Ramones, the Smiths, the Violent Femmes, you know, that type of stuff. But really anything 80s from the Madonnas to the culture clubs to like I said, to squeeze. Like so I like all different types of, but I also like the Tom Petties and the Bon Jovis and the Bruce can't gotta always get some Bruce Springsteen in there too. All right. Got that. So you mentioned Tom Petty first. So here's something we can say about you, Renee. She was an American girl. <laughs> and I love music. So it's all I used to, right. I sang in choir and I used to play piano, but stopped. But so I, I love anything that has to do with music. So this has been awesome. Fun too. Yeah, great, great fun. And any causes that are near and dear to your heart that you'd like to mention? Yeah, I mean, I have um, I have twin daughters and I, um, I w- had some issues with them when they were born. So there's something called the Twin to Twin Transfusion Foundation mm. that was very, very helpful to me. Many years ago, as my girls are going to be 21 next month in May, I don't look what mm. month it is, but wow. they were really great. 
Yeah. And then I have a, a really dear, my best friend is a two-time breast cancer survivor. So anything that has to do with breast cancer research and awareness, mm. that's something that's very near and dear to me. And then just on the sort of other front of mentoring, I'm, I've done a lot of different mentoring with college students, graduate students. I just spoke, a friend of mine's teaching at Drexel. She's teaching a master's in uh, media management. So I spoke to her class the other day Excellent. about uh, leadership and recruiting. But and a friend, another friend of mine runs a conference called Future Now. And I've done some mentoring there because I like to give back because I didn't get to where I am without those great mentors that I've had. So I like to give back to the community in that way as well. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You're our kind of partner, Renee. Thank you so much for your time, for your attention, for your enthusiasm and your philosophies on acing interviews and, and really having an overall positive career transition. Um, uh, we will put your contact information in our show notes. And again, just keep rocking and thanks for your time. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Career Transition Experts. We hope you got something of value and would love to hear from you on what you did learn and how this episode made a difference. If you'd like to contact or reach our guests, take a look at the show notes, and you can also find there a link where we will send you a free copy of our resume preparation checklist. If there's anything we can do to help you fulfill your vision and make that transition smoothly, contact us. We are here for you. Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you again soon. Bye for now.